Isn't that lacquer? Well done, Francis. Well done for writing your book, Hard Questions, for seeking God. And it's interesting how God says, if you seek me, you will find. And look, that love of God coming through, speaking to him, waking him up, telling him, shh, like he did with Job. That's lacquer. God is alive. He's well. And he is in control. And he's using all these things to accomplish his purposes. There's a lot of truth in what was just said. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's what we do as a church. When we meet together, everyone brings something to encourage and to build up. That's awesome. Okay, so the reason that I witnessed with that this morning, you'll see. I'm about to preach. Ronan, are you going to record? It is recording. Okay, awesome. I love that. I preached in the previous service and it didn't record. So that's cool. But it's important that guys hear this, this one. So this week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I had the great privilege uh, of driving a lot. I flew to Joburg, and uh, I had to go there. And then uh, when I finished there, I, I drove from Johannesburg to Bloemfontein on Wednesday afternoon. And then I slept over in Bloemfontein and uh, woke up early, left at about half past five in the morning and drove Bloemfontein to Cape Town on Thursday. And it was a great privilege to have that amount of time all on my own. Have you ever, you guys like to have time on your own? No, I do. And I, and I said to myself, God, I want to connect with you. I want to invest this time that I have driving well. So I opened my Bible on my uh, Bible app and I said, okay, God, where should I listen? Because you can't read while you're driving, right? So I was going to listen. And, uh, and I felt to listen to the book of Jeremiah. So I put on Jeremiah chapter one and off it went, you know, these are the words of Jeremiah. Yeah. And I started to listen the whole of Wednesday afternoon until the evening. Then from early Thursday morning, Picked up again the whole day on Thursday. And then yesterday, as a family, we got to go and have a drive up the West Coast to go look at the flowers, uh, which I recommend that you do uh, if you can find some. Uh, we didn't find many. But we had the end of the book of Jeremiah to listen to as a family in the car as we were going. And so I got over the last three days to listen to the whole of the book of Jeremiah. Has anyone ever read the whole of Jeremiah in kind of a short period of time like that? Anyone? Wave at me. One. Two. Okay. I highly recommend it. I feel like I have been severely impacted by that book. It's done something to me. That's what the Word of God does to us when we consume it, when we eat it, when we, when we listen to it. I was very challenged by it. <coughs> now, some of you will have known what happened to me at the end of last year with my back operation and COVID and then the Holy Spirit coming and convicting me of certain things. Do you, do you remember? Of how I was all very completely selfish and like the bent Chinese, you know, all that stuff. And how the Holy Spirit then started to move in my life, in my family, and also among us. That was only a year ago. We're September again. And you would, have, you would think, having experienced God like that, having experienced the Holy Spirit, having heard Him say to me, Lucas, I don't want you any longer to watch stuff 
on TV and YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. I want you to spend your time with me in my word. You would, you would have thought, having experienced that power of God and the move of God and the Holy Spirit and being an elder and, you know, that I would have obeyed, wouldn't you? That I would have sustained obedience to God. But what happened, in fact, is after a few months, enjoying what the Holy Spirit was doing and pouring myself out and trying to hear God and doing it and being super encouraged and seeing the life and the fruit of God, we went on holiday as a family. We went camping. Did I tell you we went camping? Going camping is not a problem in itself. But I was tired. I was a little bit weary. I was spending every morning, all morning, from when I wake up till mid-afternoon, reading the Bible, worshiping, praying. The family were used to me being in the kind of TV room in our house, singing at the top of my lungs in the morning to God and crying out to Him and praying. And Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. And God responded to that. But I got tired. So I went on holiday, and on holiday, I didn't focus on God as much. I thought, I'm going to have a break. And so we played lots of one, two, three touch with the kids at the campsite, and we were passing rugby ball, and we were surfing, and going for walks, and going to explore places. And then when we came back at night and we all climbed in the little uh, tent camper thing that we have, you would think, okay, I would now go and read my Bible, right, and spend time with God. But I was on a holiday. And so instead I opened up YouTube and started looking at surfing tutorials. How to pop up quicker. How to get more flexible, how to turn, make a turn on a wave, how to. Because we were surfing and I wanted to get better and, and I, I, trust me, I can justify it to you if, if you want. But, I, and then I started to watch more and more. And I'm like, okay, so, so, but now it's not just about the technique and stuff now. And then I enrolled for a tutorial program on how to get fitter and stronger for surfing. And I started doing all those exercises. And, and, and then I started to think about my surfboard and I'm getting a bit better. And, and then I started looking at reviews of different kinds of surfboards and different kind of waves and where to sit and how to. And how many of you have ever looked at YouTube and you, you kind of start going down a path and then all of a sudden there's the next thing underneath about that similar and it just starts to pull to the point where sometimes I would go to lie down in bed at night, you know, maybe hoppers 10 or whatever it is, kids are going to sleep, and, 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 and I would just start to look more and more and more and more, and I started to get wrapped up with this to the point sometimes I would only go to sleep at about 1 in the morning. I would have watched three hours of YouTube about surfing. I know it's only me. I know you guys have never done that. I'm just, but I'm confessing now. But the Lord had said to me, don't do that. But I thought, it's not bad stuff. Yeah. And then I got to read Jeremiah. I'm going to read to you from Jeremiah chapter 2. You can follow with me on the screen. Jeremiah chapter 2. And I'm going to use the New Living Translation. Bronwyn. And it says this. The Lord gave me another message. He said, go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Okay? So... He says, basically, go and shout at them. Did you notice that? 
I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago. How you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. Do you remember a point in your life when you were like me a year ago? Where there was nothing that you wanted except God. When you sought Him with all your heart. Where you laid down everything else and you were prepared to to go for Him with everything. Does anyone remember a time like that? He says, do you remember how you were? In those days, Israel was holy to the Lord. The first of his children. Holy to the Lord means um, separated for him. Separated from what? Separated from the world. Set apart. Sanctified. The first of his children. All who harmed his people were declared guilty and disaster fell on them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then he continues and he says, Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worshipped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of deserts and pits, a land of drought and death where no one lives or even travels. So God is saying, what did you find wrong with me, Lucas, that you have become consumed with the stuff that you're watching? What did I do wrong to you? What did I promise and not deliver? What did I... Can you hear the heart of God? Did, did I let you down? Did I not fulfill you? Did I not come through on every promise that I made? Did I not bless you in your family and bless you in all that you're doing? Did I not pour my spirit out like I said I would? And it continues, verse 7. And when I brought you into a fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defiled my land and corrupted the possession I had promised you. The priests did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who taught my word ignored me. The rulers turned against me and the prophets spoke in the name of Baal, wasting their time on worthless idols. Therefore, I will bring my case against you, says the Lord. I will even bring charges against your children's children in the years to come. You know what happens when dad starts to stray? The children follow his lead. And then it says this, verse 10. Go west and look in the land of Cyprus. Go east and search through the land of Kedar. Has anyone heard of anything as strange as this? Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, even though they are not gods at all? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing, and they shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. So I'm I'm not going to read any more of Jeremiah chapter 2 to you. But I encourage you, when you go home, read the rest of it. It's a God who's loving, who's caring, who's, who's jealous for the love of his people, for the love of me, saying, you've done two evil things. Number one, 
You've abandoned me. You've neglected me. And number two, you've dug your own water wells that are leaking, that can hold no water. You, you've, instead of become, being satisfied by me, in me, focusing on me, you've, you've tried to find joy, satisfaction, life from something else that can never satisfy you. It can only leave you dissatisfied, more and more dissatisfied. And the book of Jeremiah is God speaking to this young man, a prophet, and he's saying, go to my people and speak to them. Why? Because he's a loving, merciful God. Why does he speak to Francis? Because he loves him. Isn't that an amazing thing that he said? We have a love-hate relationship. He loves me, I hate him. Amazing. And Jeremiah goes and he says to the people, Repent of your sins. Repent of your straying from God. Repent. Of worshipping other idols. And in the book. He starts to address. The practices of the king. And all his people. And the elders and the priests of Israel. And he says guys. You've abandoned God. And you've started to worship. These images that you've made. And one of them was an image called Molech. Have you heard of Molech? They built a statue to this god Molech. And they sacrificed their children. To the statue. They, they would, they would, they would heat up. They would put a fire underneath this huge statue that had arms outstretched like this. And it would become burning hot. And then they would take their children and put them in the arms. And they would die. And, and, and that, that fills us with like a, oh my goodness, how could you do that, right? I mean, we would never do that with our children, would we? Except we take our children and we put them in the hands of iPad or TV or Netflix or... Why? Because we should be bringing them to God and showing them God. But, but we sacrifice them in a different way. And Jeremiah says, guys, turn back to God. Otherwise God will bring a nation from the north. He was speaking about, about Babylon. And he says, repent so that you might be forgiven and God would relent. And they refuse to repent. At one point, God says to Jeremiah towards the end of the book, he says, I want you to write down all these words that I've given you. All these warnings that I've given you, write them down on a scroll. And he writes them out on a scroll, 20-something chapters at that time. And he says, give it to the king. And he gives it in writing to the king. You know what the king does with it? Anyone? You know what he does with it. What does he do with it, William? He takes the scroll and he cuts it and then he throws it in the fire. He takes the scroll, he cuts it up and he throws it in the fire. William knows that because we listened to it in the car yesterday. And we would never do something like that, would we? What do we do with the scroll? We, need, we leave it closed next to our bed. And so God says, okay, because you have not repented, because you have not turned. He says, now I warn you, when Babylon comes, because they are coming, you must not fight against them, because now I'm going to discipline you. Now you haven't listened to me, now I'm bringing my discipline. And when they come, you are to surrender to them. And you are to let them in. 
And they will take you captive and they'll take you back to Babylon. And you will be bound and you will, you, but you will find life. You will remain alive. They will not kill you if you just surrender to them. If you surrender to the discipline of the Lord, I will preserve your life. And then one day I will bring you back and your families and everyone will be safe. But don't fight against them. Because if you fight against the discipline of the Lord, what they, they will do is they will come in, they will break down your walls, they will tear down your city, and they will burn it by fire. And they will kill your children and your wives in front of you. And what does the king do? He ignores the warning of God. He doesn't turn. And when Babylon arrives at the gate, they try to fight. They try to put up a fight against the siege. And after two years of a siege, the Babylonians come in and they tear down that city and they burn it with fire. And they take the guy called Sennacherib or, 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 or Zedekiah, I think his name was, the king. And they capture him and all his family and they take him to Babylon. And it says they put his sons to death in front of him. And then they took something and they gouged his eyes out. And then they bound him with bronze shackles. Everything that the Lord promised and warned, he did. And you think, how was the Lord feeling when that was happening? Jeremiah called the weeping prophet because God shared some of his heart with Jeremiah. And he said, my, my house is like a, a river of tears. God's heart was broken. He had reached out time and time again to his people saying, turn away from these false idols. And that is God's heart towards us and towards me. And what are the great idols of our day? I've illustrated to you what they were doing wrong. But that's not helpful necessarily for us today. The question is, what are the idols that we are substituting for God, that I am substituting for God? And the main one that I felt is media. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, news, Pinterest, TikTok, Netflix, TV, they are bombarding us with a worldview, with a mindset, with a culture, with values, with principles, with priorities of the world. And they are pandering to our flesh. Does what we look at matter? Does what we spend our time doing matter? Can I not go home after a long day's work and just watch something that interests me? And I'm not talking about the obviously terrible things like pornography or, I'm, I'm, of course, that's sinful. But I'm talking about The less obvious, the, you know, surfing technique videos. I mean, surely that's allowed, right? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, all things are lawful for me. But not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Let me ask you a question. Is it sinful to join a surfing online training course? No, it's not sinful. It's lawful. Is it good for me to be watching surfing technique videos three hours a night, every night. That's not helpful. That is dominating me. 
and my time and my mind. Are you with me? Why is it important that we become aware and abandon these things? Why? Because what we think will determine how we feel. And how we feel determines how we act. And we will become what we watch. Do you know that everyone who's posting something on YouTube has a reason for it? And there's different reasons. Somebody like Josh Jen is posting stuff on YouTube, right? So YouTube itself is not wrong. Why are they posting sermons and articles and testimonies and preach? It's to, it's to give us material and information that's going to draw us closer to God and build us up in our faith and build the church, and, right? It's the same with people who are doing surfboard reviews. There's a reason why they're doing it. They are doing it to provide information to a client base so that they know which surfboard to use. What are the benefits? And, the, and, and those surfboard companies are sponsoring those videos. And so there's an agenda to sell you surfboards through those YouTube videos. It looks like it's just a guy and he's very cool and he's, yeah, but I can, I can assure you there's an agenda. It's to sell something to you. And what happens when somebody is constantly trying to sell you something is it creates a desire inside of you for that thing. Or at least it has in me. And so all of a sudden I start to think that I cannot do without that particular surfboard. The one or two that I have at the moment, I become dissatisfied with. And now all I need to be the next level surfer is that kind of a surfboard. And so my heart starts to go after the surfboard. Are you with me? I know it's only me, but I'm sharing. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And you know what I started to notice in me? Is more and more interest in particular kinds of surfboards or techniques or training. I mean, I had me and the kids and everybody on pieces of cardboard doing pop-ups and then doing this along the the lounge floor, the technique to try and get along a wave and build up speed. And, and dad's doing it. The kids are doing it. Everyone's doing it because we all are watching it. Are you with me? But what happens is suddenly our love for God diminishes. My desire for him diminishes. My desire for his word diminishes. And slowly but surely the drift Starts. What we look at matters. What we think about matters. What we meditate on matters. Our potential as people, as servants of God, will be largely determined by our diet. What we consume, what we watch. What we hear. So, because I'm over 40, I know it's surprising, but I am. I have to go for a checkup every so often with a doctor. And so my wife and I, we went to the doctor for a checkup. And here's another confession coming. We go to the doctor, and but the night before that, we we went out for dinner, and 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 I ate pudding, and I mean, you know, I think I I might have drunk a coke, and you know, I mean, there was a lot of sugar eaten the night before, and we go for blood tests and stuff like that, and um, 
my wife's comes back perfect because she's always perfect. Mine comes back, your cholesterol is a bit high and your sugar is a little bit higher. You know, actually you need to go for another test, which is going to be some called kind of like a glucose test where they're going to give you sugar to eat. And then they're going to see how your body manages it, you know, in this test, you know. And my wife's like, you need to go pick up the forms. You know, it's urgent. You need to go. Well, that was five months ago. And I haven't gone for the test yet. Why? Because I'm naughty. Number two, because I'm scared. If I go for the test, it's going to mean certain things have to change. And I'm not prepared yet for that. My wife is explaining to me, if you don't go for the test and you don't change, you could die. Or some other bad thing could go wrong with you. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to pick up the thing and go for the test. But I also figured to myself, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to reduce my sugar before I go for the test. <laughs> Does anyone else think like me? And so, and so what I did was for the last probably three weeks now, I haven't eaten any sugar at all. I think the most sugar I've had was to have a little bit of jam on toast, I think twice in three weeks. Okay. But it's interesting what has happened in these three weeks. Actually, I've lost some weight. I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up without joint pain. I'm actually enjoying my food, like the healthy stuff, a lot more. You, have you ever bitten into a strawberry without having eaten sugar for three weeks? It's like bread of heaven. Da, 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 da. Yeah? These juices go... It's like... Yeah, it's... It's beautiful, it's amazing, food tastes nice. What am I illustrating? In the same way as a change in your physical diet will impact everything, it's the same as the diet that our eyes and our ears are consuming. So, how do we change? How do I repent? Okay, I've repented. I've confessed to God and to my wife. I strayed from what God asked me to do. He asked me not to watch those things and I got sucked back in. Now, I'm back to zero of that stuff. And you're going to see. Well, you might not see because I might not see you for another three months, but hopefully I do. But there will be a, an impact as I adjust. But confess is not enough. Repent is needed. Confess means, God, I've been going in the wrong direction. Repent means turning around and going in the other direction. Okay? So, my repentance towards the blood test is tomorrow morning I'm picking up the papers from the doctor and going for the test. You can all keep me accountable there. See, not just my wife. But my repentance in terms of my, in terms of my consumption of information like media and that type of thing, how does that look? How do I change? How do I repent practically? Obviously I stop looking at the stuff, right? I, I have zero YouTube time, Facebook time, whatever. Although you can watch Josh in live and don't, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But listen to what the Bible teaches us about how, about how we can practically do this. And I'm going to read you 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, just that verse, but I'm going to read it to you in three different translations or, what do you call them? Versions. Here we go. Let's go with NIV first. It's up there. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory 
are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay, so there's a couple of concepts that I want you to get. Number one, unveiled faces. That doesn't have any relevance. Just want you to get it, because you're all... It's just playful. Do you mind? I haven't seen you for a while. I can't hug you. Okay. Number two, we all reflect the Lord's glory. Oh, that's an important one now. Because we have no glory of ourselves, so what we look at, we are going to reflect. Whether it's the Lord or whether it's something else. We will all become what we watch. We will become like what we see. And we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing. That means step by step. You'll see in another version it says, from glory to glory. Which means you don't get it all in one download. You don't get it all in the first time that you spend the morning with the Lord in the Word. I had to sit for hour upon hour upon hour upon hour listening to the book of Jeremiah before I actually got it. You don't get it in the first reading or in the first sitting. But what you do get is a little bit. And then he adds to it and he adds to it and he adds to it. And we become more and more and more like him or like the world depending on whichever thing we are watching. Next, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, let's look at the next translation. Let's go with uh, ESV. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. Okay, so this is the key. We have to behold before we are transformed. Okay, so what does behold mean? Looking. Okay. What else does it mean? Ethan? Wanting more of it. Yes, okay. That's, that's part of beholding. So, so we have to behold. Okay. Let's take be out of it. What are you left with? Holding. Okay, so, so beholding means looking in such a way as to get it. As, in such a way as to become filled with it so that you can hold it. So if I'm beholding water, I, I'm looking at it in such a way as it becomes part of me. Okay, beholding. So I'm, I need to observe God. I need to behold Him. I need to look at Him. I need to, and where do I do that? I do it in the Word. I do it in worship. I, 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 I actively feed myself. Beholding the glory of the Lord. We need to look at the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. The more time we spend beholding Him, we will start to reflect Him. Like a mirror. Are we getting it? For this comes from the Lord. The next translation is new living. And all of us have had that veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. Are we getting it? How do we change? We become renewed. The Apostle Paul says, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. How? Are we renewed day by day? By beholding, by looking, by focusing on, by reading, by hearing, by beholding God and His glory. And the more we do that, the more we will reflect Him. 
So I want to end now. And I'd like to end by reading you, I think, the six scriptures. My journey, I realized, oh my goodness, I confessed, I repented before God, and I said, now I'm going to focus on you. And as I started to do that, I started to read and read and read more scripture and scripture. And I just like, wow, it was all just coming out at me. So can I share some of these with you? I think it will be helpful for you. And you can start here as you, as you go with your beholding. Is that okay? Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. It's like those guys that Jeremiah was speaking to. You can either listen or mock. Don't mock. Listen. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. What did I do wrong? I got tired of doing what is good. And I decided to try to dig for myself a broken cistern that could never satisfy me. Okay? He says, don't, don't be deceived. What you plant, you will reap. If you plant social media into your daily calendar, you will reap from it fear and dissatisfaction and discontentment, if that's a word, malcontent, distraction. And then we wonder, what's wrong with me? What, where did my love for God and my love for His people and, and, and the purpose that He's called me, where's that gone to? Why am I so caught up with everything else? That's the reason. Is because we are reaping what we have sowed. The second scripture is this. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give yourselves to God because of all that He has done for you. Let, let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do you want to think the way God does and feel the way God does and share His purpose and His, His heart for you and for your life and for His people? Then let him transform you from glory to glory by dedicating yourself fully to him. By giving yourself. It says, please, give it. It's a, it's a sacrifice that is pleasing to him. This is the real way to worship him, is by giving yourself wholly to him. The next one is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it says this, Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You know what I found in me?
less and less and less peace. Less and less and less contentment. More and more and more dissatisfaction. Niggles. But if we will rather repent and focus on him, then the God of peace will be with us. Okay. One, two, three, four more. Four more. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. Is that self-explanatory? What I heard when I read that was, Go to radical measures not to look at the wrong stuff. The next one. Psalm 101. Listen to this. This is key. I will ponder the way that is blameless. That means I will think about it deeply. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Oh my goodness. He's not talking about what do I read on Sunday or what do I, you know, when I'm at community group. Or He's talking about in my house, when I'm on my own, when no one else is looking. What will I spend my time on? What will I put before my eyes? Second last one. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. That means pay attention to this. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. That means don't stop reading them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. It's important. What we spend our time watching. And finally, the last one. This is just a little bit of an insight into the opposite. What is the result if we choose to, like King Zedekiah, we choose to neglect the warnings that God has given? It's interesting. What happened to Sam, to Samson? What happened to Samson? He was bound. And he had no power to break that. And what did they do to him? They gouged out his eyes. And they strapped him to a mill that he might push it round and around and around. What is the plan of the enemy? It's to gouge out our eyes so that we will not be able to see God or hear Him or feel His heart or hear His voice or walk in His way and to bind us to the things of the world that will make us go round and round in circles and be fruitless and lose our inheritance and our reward. What did they do to King Zedekiah? They gouged his eyes out and they bound him with brass, bronze um, handcuffs. And they killed everything that was valuable to him. That is the goal of the enemy. Listen to it said here. 
in the book of in, in Isaiah 6 verse 10. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So, can I pray? Will you pray with me? Will you ask God to forgive us for our dullness and our straying? Can we be a people when we hear God speak that we respond and we change and we repent and we act and, and that we, we change our diet and we refocus? This may not be for you. But if, like me, then let's not be dull. Let's allow the light of God to wake us up and to change us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who convicts us. Lord, we confess our sin. I confess my sin. Please forgive us, Lord. Lord, as we come to you, as we seek you, Lord, even as Francis was seeking you, I pray, Lord, that you would show us your glory. That as we spend time with you, reading your word, that your spirit would again wake us up and would show us the beauty of our God, the priorities of our King, the glory of his kingdom and of his rule. I pray, Lord God, that the the blinders would fall from our eyes and that we beholding the glory of God would be changed more and more into your image and your likeness. I ask you this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you.